Okay, everybody, it's not over yet. 2020, still with a couple more days left. How are we all doing? Welcome back to another episode of The Beat. I'm, of course, Nick Baumgartner alongside Brendan Quinn here this week. Uh, Brendan, uh, how are we doing? I, I used to say back when quarantine began that we were separate because we used to do these in person, but that feels like 100 years yeah. ago, man. But it is December 30th. You used to, you used to drive over to mm -hmm. what is now my former house mm -hmm. in Ann Arbor, and uh, yeah, we would... We would sit at my little desk. It was adorable, <laughs> frankly, in hindsight. We sit. We would sit across each other at my uh, at a my big white desk and uh, have our little chats. Yep. And that was the podcast. And uh, I'm trying to think of the last time that we were even in the same. It's probably room for one of those together. It's probably for one of yeah. Probably for one of those somewhere along the way before. And it would have been a minute because I would have been traveling. Like it's probably going back to last February. Might even somewhere. be January, February. Yeah, we might be coming up on a yep. year here. As this wow. terror ride, I miss you, buddy. Yeah, man. This 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 terror ride through 2020 continues. We've got a couple more uh, hours left of it, uh, which also brings about the question of what the hell is going to happen in 2020. What are you doing at midnight? Are you are you oh, sacrificing God. an animal? Are you doing anything to end this in style? At midnight, um, I'm just going to try to make it to midnight, my man. Like that's about what. That's about all I can uh, I can focus on at the moment. I don't know. That's I hadn't even thought about. Uh, this has been so weird, right? Because normally this is a week where you're at a bowl game. Uh, for me in yep. my life, usually I'm either leaving right around Christmas Day or right after Christmas Day or something. Or maybe in this case, maybe like today. I don't know. But that's obviously not mm -hmm. happening. Uh, so that's weird. So I didn't even think about New Year's until like the other day. And then I was like, oh yeah, people normally go out and do stuff on New Year's. What the, that's going to be an awkward, uh, probably a lot of Zoom overload at uh, 12.01 a.m. I imagine, huh? I would think so. Yeah, I feel like there needs to be some kind of blood sacrifice, some I'm sure there will be somewhere. Um, I'm not making you know. one, but I don't know if you've got anything on the uh, docket there. No? No, I'm going, I, I'm, I will probably... You got a game? Uh, no games. Pu pushes. Oh yeah, Michigan's playing at eight p.m. on New Year's Eve because that's what people. Oh right, want. yeah, it's tomorrow. So New Year's. <laughs> yeah. Not only was it was originally a seven p.m. game, which what is else do you got? horrific. What else you got? Horrific to do? as it is. <laughs> um, and then it was bumped up to a eight p.m. game. Mm -hmm. So that's where they're at. Uh, if they play, of course. I don't know. You never know. If they play, yeah. If, I, I, that, this is true. Um, but as of now. There has not been a men's basketball game canceled in conference. Men's basketball game canceled in the Big Ten yet. Yeah. 21 for 21. I tweeted that yesterday, which was funny. I had some people reply being like, you know, acting as if this was me championing the idea of playing. And I'm like, no, I'm just pointing out a fact here right. that there has not been a, a game canceled yet. I'm not, you know, my personal feelings on them playing aside, uh, this is the reality of it. You can't focus on all the cancellations, right, mm -hmm. without acknowledging when things aren't canceled yeah yeah in my opinion let me so. uh, let's talk about that for a second actually because we're going to do yep. some things today on um 2021 outlooks for these teams but i feel like college basketball's uh found the point in the year here where football was at in august where things were so hectic mm -hmm. and, and people were arguing and people were upset and uh, you had all those things and you had people that were unable to separate um like you said the the thought of like Mike Rosenberg wrote a great story in Sports Illustrated yesterday about you know the yeah, reality of did. college athletics, all things that we've all had to weigh, um, you know some easier than others or some harder than others I guess. But at the same time, you know we cover this stuff for for a living every single day. You know these people, you see these people, and it's been a weird dynamic, right? Because it's I feel like there's some people can't take focus away from should they really be doing this, and mm -hmm. in that sense, sometimes it gets ignored. That, hey, man, there are a lot of people who aren't making those decisions who are in it, and this is their life, and this is their reality, and they're having to deal with it. And, yes, you know, I think that you've discovered that sort of weird dynamic emotion, whatever. Uh, it, I'm interested on your how, to, how it's kind of going through your head because I remember how yeah, it was like. Yeah, I in mean, August that's, for a us. Great, that's a great point, especially the fact that we didn't plan on even talking about this, but <laughs> um, we're off the yeah, cuff today, I mean, my the, man. The, the dynamic of should they be playing, like, that can't be the story all the time, right? Like, at the end of the day, there's still game, the games are being played. Yeah, yeah, And Everywhere. while sometimes I feel, I feel silly writing about, you know, 
Michigan State's point guard issue or rotation issues or what's going to happen with, you know, Michigan and the development of Hunter Dickinson and things like that. Like, Mm -hmm. it does seem so ridiculous and trivial when you take a step back and you see the big picture of, you know, there are games being canceled and there are people being sick. And there is uh, the situation at Florida where, you know, that's a young man who we don't know. Yeah, no, we don't. We don't know what the effects that... You know, what health risks derived from what and how and why and all these things that we don't know um, where it seems ridiculous that these games are being played sometimes. And it seems ridiculous that um, we're worried about still fielding these these games. But for me, like I'm paid to cover Michigan and Michigan State basketball. Right. And like. Those teams are playing basketball right now, so I'm going to write about it Mm -hmm. and cover it and things like that. And there is – it takes a level of separation of uh, (laughs) what what I question and – but like – Right, out of every game, like you can't you can't write every story with the caveat of like, well, they're still playing, so you know, here's what happened in this game. Like, it just doesn't work that way. And frankly, whether I agree with them or not. There are people who look at things differently than I mm-hmm. do, you know, and then that you do, and you and I look at some things differently, and all types of people look at things differently, right? Sure. And, you know, you have to serve a large audience, and it is really weird, and it's very uncomfortable sometimes, and, you know, some the fact that, like, some teams aren't even getting the opportunity at all to play still... On one hand, I'm like, that's probably the right thing. Yeah. And on yeah, the other right. hand, I'm like, well, that's kind of bullshit because these guys get to play. So why don't these people get to play? You know what I mean? Yeah. I have a sister who hasn't coached since last September. Yeah. Right. Feels of 19. Right. Hasn't seen her team. And doesn't probably know when I'm like, that's coming. Yeah, yeah. Has no idea right. when she'll be able to coach again and what the team will even look like, mm-hmm. you know, and she has international students being like, can I come back to the U.S.? Like these insane questions yeah. that are, um, you know, so big picture. Uh I don't know, man. I go back and forth on all this stuff so much. and uh, But at the end of the day, I do feel like, is there, are games being played for a lot of the wrong reasons? Yes. Right. At the same time, are the fact that games are being played um, a good thing in a lot of ways? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I, yeah. You know? Sure. And, you know. Effort. I know a lot of players. Yeah. I know ex players and things like that. And at the end of the day, it is it the fact does remain like players want to play games, right? In large parts, and if they don't want to, they don't have to. I mean, this is you know? this is the conversation that we had back then because it was like, and these coaches bring it up, and it would it get it would get brought up in June and July, and it was like, well, what about these kids who came here to train to be a professional in this sport? And the rea- and th- and that's why we've come to this thing, and that's why you know, kind of what Mike wrote yesterday was, you know, pretty well timed story, I suppose, but also you know something that's been a top of mind for everybody. When it's like at some point, everybody, we have to, as a collective, who are all involved with college athletics, have to call this what it is, and mm-hmm. what it it's become is you know, college football and men's basketball to a lesser degree have just completely they become a money situation. It's just money. And it's broken. It has to be repaired. I mean, people, what ends up happening is are multiple issues get conflated together and we say, well, what are we even doing here? Let's just call us. And it's like, yeah, no, we all know that this is bullshit. We all know that this is yes. a screwed up system. But I got to tell you, you know, there's kids on these teams that came to these schools to, to try to, and whether you think they're good enough or not is irrelevant. They came to these schools yep. to prepare for a career after this in their chosen profession, just like many of you did when you went to school. And, you know, it's become this, well, what am I supposed to do otherwise? This is my chosen career path. You know, I got to play. I got to. And so I can't fault somebody for wanting to try to go about things in the safest way possible and try to make it work and deal with all the frustrating parts that that comes in. But you also can't take away the other side of it and be like, well, you know, should they really be doing this? Like the thing we talked about, Mm -hmm. you know, should they really have been asked to play on Christmas? Should they really be on campus right now when no one else is there? You know, when it's been made a priority to keep everybody safe, as safe mm-hmm. as possible, and they have to make exceptions to that when they're not being paid, when they've gotten a scholarship and that's what they've gotten and that's what we're comfortable with saying that's enough. I mean, come on. Like, those are 
Right. The conversations that are different, though, then, you know, you have to be able to... You can't just react. I mean, because like you're, you're saying, I think it's notable, and I think for the people on the ground, it's a, it's a, it's a pat on the back that they've had 20-some games or whatever that they haven't had to yeah. cancel, right? And you can't... At the same time, yeah, there, just, there are a lot of non-evil right, people who right. are trying to make this work. You right. can't look at that on the outside and just say, "Well, to hell with every every asshole in there; they shouldn't be doing it." It's like, yeah. well, they're being told to, and they're being asked to, right. and you have to keep that in perspective. And I feel like that got that got lost a lot in August and September. And I'm, I was hopeful that for hoops it would be better. Um, not sure that it is. I don't know what the reaction has been. As much I'm not as tied into it from people, but I, yeah, I mean it's yeah. not. I don't think it's quite as toxic and as viral as football, yeah. um, because football is obviously bigger, and it was the first foray into you know big air quotes amateur sports, right? Um, kind of tackling. How are we going to deal with this? Yeah, right. Yeah. Sports amid pandemic question, um, and basketball. I think has been a little bit more subdued for a couple of reasons. Uh, probably emotional exhaustion being one of them mm-hmm. from everyone, right? Outrage, exhaustion. Yeah. Um, you know, the season tipped off amid the election. A lot was going on. Which was just yep. kind of the hamburger that ate the world, right? Um, and and we already saw it with football. Yeah. You know, it, I think everyone was kind of went into it with a greater percentage of being like, okay, well, 15% of games a day are going to be canceled. Yeah. yeah and that's cool. just going to be the way it is, right. right? And your favorite team, your alma mater, your school, whatever, at some point, very likely might experience a shutdown or be affected in one way, right? Right. Michigan State had a game canceled that was out of its control. Michigan had a game canceled that was out of its control. Um my alma mater had a shutdown. They had a they had a mm-hmm. positive COVID and couldn't play for two weeks. Um, and like talking with guys on the staff there, just yeah, you know, they were like, you know, what have you seen other programs do? We're trying to figure out Everybody's, what the hell to do. And it's yes. like everyone's just making it up as they go along. No one has any idea what they're doing. Um, right. And that's just that's just what it is. Yeah. You know, and it, it's from the players on down or players on up, I should say. Um, I don't know. It gets challenging because you get through a year and you get to a point where the kids and basketball is going to get here. I'm telling you, they will. They'll get. It'll get to February and the kids will be like, "How many more days do we have to do this? Like, you know, how many more days left? <laughs> right? Where people are just exhausted. And if we're not in a better place, you know, I know that that was the case with football. You you saw as society went right. So did mm-hmm. so did the sport. So we'll see. I suppose how it goes. I don't know. Do you have any more thoughts on this situation here? Before I do. We, uh... I do because I'll be curious to see. You know, I had I I floated it fairly often in the preseason where I said, you know, are we going to? How many guys are we going to see mm-hmm. opt out in season for sure? For the sure, NBA? Yeah. Just be like, um, I got a hamstring. I'm done. You know, I can't. Keep right. Going. Right. Whether it's their program shuts down and then they just decide not to come back, or they just flat out just leave in the middle of it all um and like now that we're getting into the new year i'm really going to be curious to see that like i feel like everyone was willing to give things a shot to a point yeah 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 yeah. and like and like now what happens like i think for the most part for the most part it's been and right okay and let's let's everyone calm down like take the ethics out of it which i know (laughs) is a hard thing to do but like i think for the most part it's gone Okay, like the games, yeah. it sucks that there's no fans, and yes, games are canceled. But like, you know, shit. Like these guys are getting out there and they're able to play, mm-hmm. right? For the most part, yep. and um, guys who are, you know, are at their respective schools to play basketball are getting to play right. basketball. So um, there is that, and. Could this be done a lot better and probably more safely than it is being done? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like the idea that these schools are all going to be jet setting around the country for conference play is a little—it's just mind-boggling. I know. You know, like because for the most part, a lot of schools were able to to kind of keep things relatively based on a yeah. at home or at one location, things like that. And now it's going to be kind of zipping around here, and we'll see how it goes, but. 
um, you know, come hell or high water, they're going to get this thing. Yeah, right. To the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that seems to be the. But w- yeah. what does it look like, and how many teams are really even still alive? You know what I mean? Right. Like this is going to be a such a strange conclusion to the basketball season because I think you will see kids opt out. I think you will see programs just kind of be able to pack it in a lot more so than yeah. I've ever seen before. Yeah. You know what I yes. mean? Yes, we saw it and in football. Like, <laughs> you already have this weird scenario yeah. where like Arizona just is already said, you know, they're this nonsense self uh, I believe LSU did the same thing. Season yeah, ban. For football, yeah. self-ban. Well, the difference is that LSU <laughs> sucked at football. Exactly. Arizona's still, st- Arizona's still pretty good at basketball this year. Right. But, like, so Arizona's done. Kentucky stinks. It's one and six. Duke stinks, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, Michigan State is randomly kind of flailing along, and no one knows what the hell to make out of them. I think they'll write the ship a little bit, but, um, you know, it ain't Michigan State mm-hmm. that people are used to, right now at least. Um and it's going to be like Gonzaga just steamrolling toward a yeah. national title, and people are going to throw a bunch of asterisks on it. If you had, if you had a lot of turnover, and if you were, you know, and you just said it off the top, I mean, who are those teams that Duke, Kentucky? I mean, teams that rely on we're bringing in five, you know, eighteen-year-old mm-hmm. dudes. Uh, maybe they get it turned around, but like those type of teams are going to have. I mean, it's the same with football. Like if you had a lot of turnover and you didn't have much to hold on to in terms of continuity, right? You are fucked. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know how you're right. supposed to get through it. You know, it's going to be maybe. Yeah, typically, you get those kids on campus all summer yeah, long. Yeah. There's nothing you can you do. You get your whole preseason, and then you get 12 or whatever non-conference games, right? And right. then you start trying to cook. Um, well, it's not that. No. And Kentucky's just trying to do an entirely new team on the fly. Right. Like, there's no chance. No. No. It's going to be a complete <laughs> disaster, and he is going to lose his mind, Calipari, even more than he probably already has. I expect Krzyzewski uh-huh. will probably just sit the season out at the, after a certain point, right? Like his leg will start hurting yeah. or something. If they and start, then, if they start like two <laughs> and five in the ACC well, or something, back like, surgery part two, we can Duke's have to... <laughs> done, right? Whether he's walking or the whole program, he's down, right? It's going to get that back cleaned up for the second time <laughs> uh, as they have another down year. Uh, but anyway, as we go through this year, we did want to take today to focus on some of these teams here. We'll start with hoops. Um, and you mentioned Michigan State at the top. We'll start with Michigan State, and I maybe maybe I owe. The listeners, an apology for scolding them last week about panicking a little early because maybe after watching uh, Monday's game there or seeing as you roll your eyes here, maybe their panic was a little more justified than I gave it credit for because boy, oh boy, this looks like a disjointed team and it doesn't look like a Tom Izzo team at all. And all the reasons for that are probably pretty clear to people, but um, just where do you see Michigan State today? And, um, you know, sort of as it goes, realistically, uh, you know, is this a team that can, because they have some, what appears to be some real issues now. This isn't like when you turn the game on and you don't see, and you see Michigan State getting, you know, outworked on the glass, you know, not defending at all. Like these are not things that, that typically we see from them. So, you know, sort of. The hell's going on here? Like, where where, where are yeah. they headed? Maybe, and uh, what's realistic here as they sit? Well, I mean, so you come into the season, and your two main question marks are obviously replacing Cassius Winston, replacing Xavier Tillman. Yeah. So major question marks at the one and the five, and there was a presumption that you would use the first, you know, five to six weeks of the year, and you know, you'd have a lot of rough spots where sure. uh, Rocket Watts has a, you know dramatic learning curve but he would eventually find his way and they would find some kind of solution amongst a pile of bodies at the five position and instead of finding answers Mm -hmm. um you're five six weeks into this thing and there's more questions than answers now and suddenly you have coming out of this game rocket watts or tom Izzo saying that rocket watts has been asked to be taken off the ball and be put back to shooting guard and so now you have, what, A.J. Hogard and yeah. Foster Lawyer in the point guard conversation, which is just not not a feasible solution. No. Um, and, and Watts at the, at the wanting to play more at the two. And you have at the five just still a revolving door yeah. of, of guys and no answers at all. So... You know, you have that as the basis, right, mm-hmm. of 
kind of a disjointed team. And then on top of it, you put in the fact that I don't know if there's something in the water. I don't know what the hell's going on. But among <laughs> Watts, Aaron Henry, Joshua Langford, um, these are your primary ball handlers, your primary playmakers, your primary creators, and all three are just in are just playing poorly yeah. right now. And you know, I mean, I put out these stats and have been talking about them. It feels like ad nauseum for 48 hours. Right. So I apologize to anyone who <laughs> listens to any other podcasts that I have or any shows that I've been on or any radio stations that I've been on. Or any, but like those three guys are a combined 20 for 66 on twos. Okay. Yeah. It's not going to In do three it. Big Ten games. Right. That's impo- it's impossibly bad yeah, for three players that are that good. That have the ball in their hand all the time. Yeah. Like these are not bad basketball players, right? This is this is a snapshot of a moment that there's something going on, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and none of them can put the ball in the basket. Yeah. And it's insane. So they're shooting 30% on twos and they're shooting 30% on threes. And they're your three biggest sure. um, playmakers, right? I mean, so you add that with the questions at the one and the questions at the five and of all kinds of defensive issues that I think a lot stem from, the, you know, Xavier Tillman leaving a crater behind him yeah. in terms of trying to replace him defensively. Um, and that is, add all that together, and that's how you get a team that has played this poorly in its last three games. Um, the Northwestern loss does not look as bad as it did at the time. But at the same time, you got manhandled by Northwestern. Well, right. You got ran off the court. In the second half, you got run off the court by Wisconsin Mm -hmm. on your own court. And then you just got straight bullied by Minnesota. Yeah, bullied is the word. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Alarming. And, like, that's the the crazy part, Mm -hmm. right? Is, like, you know, you still expect to see Michigan State guys just blasting through screens on defense, right? And just throwing their bodies around and all that. And instead, there's this team-wide... Passiveness, timidity, mm-hmm. lack of confidence, lack of conviction, whatever it is, right? There's just something going on where, and we've seen this other, we've seen it at Michigan State, right? Where you Once in a while, skid, you see it, yeah. and they're just bad, and no one can hit a shot to save their life. Everyone's looking at each other. No one knows what the hell to do. Mm-hmm. Like, we have seen this in years. So, you know, I, I at least try to buffer things that I say about Michigan State right now. Not only with the awareness of what this program has done yeah. under a quarter century with this head coach, right? right? Yeah. Um, but also the fact that like good teams have really shitty stretches yeah. all the time. So it does happen. The big question to me right now is, is this a cataclysmic funk that they're in that they will snap out of? Um or is is the talent simply not? Well, that's what I was wondering. Is the team is yeah. the team not that good? Right. Um, I'm not ready to go there yet. We haven't even mentioned like Joey Hauser's a good basketball player. Mm-hmm. Aaron Henry, good basketball player. Yeah. Rocket Watts, good basketball player. Like they have talent, but does it fit together? And how good is it? And can they really even answer these questions? Because if you're trying to solve the issues that you have right now, and you don't have a point guard. It's going to be really hard on offense. And if you're trying to solve the problems you have right now and you lack any kind of middle linebacker Mm -hmm. on defense, it's going to be hard to solve those problems. Yeah. I mean, that's the uh, the latter part. Long answer to a hard The latter part there seems to be the thing that is probably the most alarming uh, to people once you peel it back. Because like you said, we've seen – shoot, we've seen Michigan State go through offensive – stretches where it's bad for a lot longer than three games over the years. I mean, we've seen them have funks for a long time, but usually though in that we see them, you know, have a roster makeup or a mental something in them that, you know, allows them to claw out of those holes defensively and steal games when they probably should lose them. I mean, we see that often and and that doesn't seem to be happening uh, to your point, you know, nobody in the back end sort of to tie that all together. But normally I feel like when we see Michigan State struggle, and even I think back to the year that they had, um, you know, like Bridges and Winston and those guys were freshmen. And those guys were sort of growing up and learning the bumps along the way. Normally when we see those teams struggle, they get out of it through their effort and their defense. And they come out and just 
somebody's got a bloody lip or a nose or something and they have 26 mm-hmm. offensive rebounds and it's an ugly as hell game, but they win it. Um, does this team have, do you think, that gear in it to at some point find that? Because that feels like it's probably going to have to be what they lean on to get out of maybe the offensive funk while they're sort of in it. So, you know, a couple things here. Like, one, um, yeah, there was a moment last year. You remember they went down to Purdue and just got Oh yeah, blown off body the court. slammed. Sure. Yep. Body slammed, right? And they were they were playing well before that. They were thirteen three overall. They were five and I remember that. It was like shocking. In, yeah. A lot of people yeah, were surprised. Yeah. And they they had they had beaten Michigan at home, mm-hmm. right? And Cassius Winston looked like he was the national player of the year. And it seemed like they were coming out of the air of what had happened yeah. early in the season, right? Right. Um but then they go to Purdue and just get Stuffed in a closet. They scored 42 points. They Their offense looked horrific. Mm-hmm. And then they lost uh, two games later, late to Indiana. And then they went on a three-game losing streak shortly after that. And suddenly they were 8-5 and five in the league. And they lost to Michigan on the road. They lost to Penn State at home. Yeah. Right? And Izzo was at a loss. And it was, oh, my God, you know, this thing's a wash. And then what happens? They end up. A week later, they go on a run, and for the last two weeks of the regular season, they looked like they were probably the favorite to win the national championship. Well, yeah, but they also so, had guys to get them out of that hole. But that's the right. thing. They had dudes, right? right? They had dudes that you could point to on both sides of the floor and say, that's your guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one way or another, that's your guy. And they also had things that they could still hang their hat on, yeah, identity-wise. And... This team does not have that right now. Either thing. They don't have a dude that you can say that's the guy, right? Right. You don't know. And whether they're not elite at anything, right? Like they're not right. a great rebounding team, right? Where you say, all right, screw it. Like this is just what they're going to do, right? They're going to be the best rebounding team in the country. And you hope that you can ride that or you, the best defensive team. One in the Big thing. Ten, yeah, right. Or, or, yeah. or one thing. They don't have that. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, if you're going to do it as a collective, well, you need a little bit more rotation uh, definition, let's say, than you have right now. They're still playing 12 guys. That they're tells still me just that rolling they out yeah. bodies. And it seems like on any given night, they're just hoping for something, right? Right, that's the other exactly night against what it Minnesota, is. Yeah. It's, let's play Maddie Sissoko for 15 minutes. See what happens, yeah. Is Maddie Sissoko ready to play 15 minutes in a Big Ten game? Absolutely not. But when you are without options, these are the things that you're doing on December 28th mm-hmm. or whatever day it was, right? Yeah. You're playing A.J. Hogard suddenly major point guard minutes when he hasn't played all year. Well, you're like, you don't have – there's nobody on this team, if you look at just the roster, every – it's constant. They have these guys all the time that are three- and four-year players that come through their program that have been in wars since they were freshmen, mm-hmm. have been in like legitimate like, oh, my God, this is a top five against a top five – and I'm out here playing with adults, you know, like, and I'm a freshman. They, they've always had guys on their team that somehow, some way, don't leave early, don't transfer, make it through mm-hmm. to where they have that glue that holds it together. I'm looking at this roster, and I see Joshua Lankford, who's been there for a long time uh, because of injuries. Right. But not what you're, not what we're talking about here. Lawyer, no. Kithier, no. Hoiberg, no. Aaron Henry is probably... <laughs> Hoiberg? <laughs> I'm talking juniors now. So I'm going down the list. Juniors. Okay. Lawyer, okay. no. Oh, Kithier, gotcha. no. Hoiberg, no. Aaron Henry is probably the guy that you want. Hauser's a transfer. Then you got Gabe Brown and and, uh, and Bingham. And so you don't have any upperclassmen here, really. Well, here's the... I mean, part of the root of it is that, 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 is, that ju- is that junior class. Yeah. Well, that seems and like a big part that, of it. Yeah. You know, the fact that, you know, Lawyer hasn't developed into Scott Skiles... <laughs> Is an issue. <laughs> in fact, well, if that's that, what we were banking on here, folks, then oh, I don't know that's what, what a lot of people were right. banking on. They're like, oh, short white guy. Surely sure. he's Scott Skiles. Um, yeah, I think we all thought but, that might have been an issue when, when they took him. You know, he's it, – it's – it doesn't look like it's going to happen. It doesn't look like he's ready to, to be – Not as a, the guy. Point guard yeah, at, right. at, this, at this level, and that's, you know, I hate the expression, but is what it is. Um your your junior class, like Gabe Brown this year, is just 
it's been kind of inexplicable. Like, so many people, myself, I mean, I was like the captain of the Gabe Brown. Yeah, yeah, he's played well at the know, The club Mm -hmm. for for his first two years, I was like, this guy, he's got so much talent, he's got so much length, he's got so much bounce, he should be phenomenal, right? He can shoot, he's 6'7", he's got the 7-foot wingspan, he should be flying around, grabbing rebounds, being a total disruptor on defense and, and doing things and dunking on guys. And it's, yeah, I don't know, maybe that's a... Maybe it's a situation where the light switch just turns on in the middle of nowhere, like we've seen happen with other guys. But I don't. He's this junior year has not been what you hoped it would be. Marcus Bingham was always this guy that you hope, yeah, hey, it's he's going to go turn the him. corner and yeah. it's going to turn on, and that hasn't happened. And Aaron Henry, mm. man, like it's still confidence issues. It's still whatever, and I'm not sure what they're doing in terms of handling him right now. Um, you know, in terms of not understanding this team, what happened with the starting lineup at Minnesota to me is like a, is another example of things that I'm just kind of scratching my head at and where it's like, you know, you give it a, is it the benefit of the doubt on a lot of stuff, you know, sure. just because the record speaks for itself. Um, but... I asked Izzo in, in the post-game Zoom, you know, why didn't Aaron Henry start that game? Mm. And I didn't know if he was late for a meeting. I didn't know what it was, right? That already happened once this year. He he was pulled from the starting lineup against Western Michigan because he was late for a team video thing. Yeah. So he doesn't start against Minnesota, so I ask why. And he explains that, well, with Watts asking to be taken off the ball, he wanted to start Lawyer. And so, okay, so he puts Lawyer at point, he moves Rocket to the two, but then he starts Josh Langford at the th- three instead of Henry instead of instead of keeping Henry in the starting lineup and to me where I'm like hey man we've been talking about Aaron Henry for two and a half years of this kid's confidence and this guy trying to find that kind of steadiness in his disposition and confidence in himself right he's got the stuff and he's totally got the stuff Mm -hmm. and for me I'm like this guy withdrew from the NBA draft to come back to school like, I have confidence that if you tell Josh Langford, yo, we need you to be a sixth man here. Yes. Right? And I know that you're in your fifth right. year and you have the longevity and the experience that you want to be a starter. You deserve to be a starter. But we need Aaron Henry to be Aaron Henry. And Joshua Langford is a grown man who would be like, I Sounds got good. it. Yeah. I got you. Right? So why, <laughs> why this would be the move is... Beyond me, when you need to be leaning into Aaron Henry and building this guy up as much as possible, that just didn't seem. It doesn't seem like a mess. It doesn't seem like they're meshing. It doesn't. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to get too deep into this because you know more about this than I ever will, and I don't pay that much attention to it. But like, if a guy's got confidence, like you just said, if a guy's got confidence issues and you're already into the middle of year three and you're sitting him. Mm-hmm. Do you do you have the ability as a staff to push the right buttons with this with this one, or is it just like one of these things where we're, you're, this is just going to be a co- topic of conversation until Aaron Henry's done at Michigan State? Why can't they get him to X, Y, and Z? That's what it feels like. Might be. It's probably happening. But the crazy overall. The crazy thing is, it was what three weeks ago they played Duke, right? And sure. he's out there, and he was just a killer. Right. I mean, he was an absolute killer that game. I remember talking to his dad late that night, and his dad, who's like as reasonable. A parent sure, yeah. of a like top level player that I've dealt with, right? And you know, talking to his dad, he's like, "Man, you know, that's just the guy that I, you know, I recognize that kid from back when he was like a senior in high school mm-hmm. and was just crushing, um, and had all the confidence in the world and knew he was the best player on the team and knew he was this and knew he was that, and there it was, and that's what you wanted to see all this time, and then like that, yeah, it's just devolved, and he's hesitating and he's just doing things where you're just kind of. Like, man, this guy's in his own head. And, you know, it happens with a lot of athletes. And we can sit here and try to act like we have any idea what the fuck these dudes are thinking. We have no idea. But um, there's just some plays where (laughs) you're like, come on, man. That's not – like, you're smarter than that. And, like, the Mm. the example from the Minnesota game was, all right, so he can't get a shot to fall. And the ball gets swung to him. And he's on the left side of the court. He sees an open driving lane. He takes the lane. And – Minnesota's big seven-foot guy is standing on that block, right? Yeah. And Henry, who 
you know, a focal point for him this year is supposed to be drawing fouls and getting to the foul line. Right. Decides to jump from beyond the block and cock the ball back as if he's going to dunk over this seven-footer, which is not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> right? And, of course, the ball gets deflected and goes out of bounds or whatever, and right. that's the end just of that. Just play for the contact. And yeah, right. Just play for the contact, man. And at the... Th- this dude, Robbins, was just killing Michigan State. Like, you were desperate to get a foul on him, right? Mm-hmm. So they don't get a foul on him. And a few plays later, not long thereafter, Robbins you know, sets a moving screen out top. Would have been his second foul. Yeah. With, like, whatever, 10, 8, whatever minutes left in the first half. Now he's pulled, right? He goes to the bench. Suddenly the open, the middle opens up, and, you know, the dynamic of the game changes. And... Instead, you know, Henry tried to dunk on the guy. And it was a play that was, to me, looked like a guy trying to do everything at once. It looked like a play of frustration, right? Yeah, yeah. Where when you're pissed off at the way you're playing and you're just frustrated out of your mind, yeah, what happens? When you go to the rim, you're going to try to bring the ball all the way back behind your head and dunk the shit out of it because you need a release, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That's just kind of like a moment that seemed to encapsulate a lot of just this inner tension that's not only Aaron, mm-hmm. but throughout the team. Yeah, they don't have anybody to lean on, it appears. Yeah. They don't have any yeah. stabilizing force. And I guess that's the question of, you know, other than other than just waiting for Henry to figure it out, is there another candidate on this? I mean, you just said Rocket Watts. He has asked to be moved off of point guard. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. So he's yeah. decided he's not going to be a point guard anymore, or they're like all <laughs> agreeing that this is for the best. Because I, mean, I, I kind of wonder I, if it's like I don't care what you want, man. Like if <laughs> we don't have anybody else that can, if like you're Izzo and you're saying we don't have anybody else that can check a point guard. Yeah. It has to be you. And the odd thing to me is, I guess I'm it doesn't like, mean you well, have to play at the other end, though. Yeah. So I guess that's it. Yo, yo, Rocket. Like, where do you think you're? If you're going to the NBA, where do you think you're playing? Yeah, like what do you think? You know what I mean? Like, right. like you you need to be playing point guard. Right, you're six two, uh-huh. man. You're not. Like, what do you think's gonna happen here? I don't get that. Like, that's so weird to me. Like he went, he, and Izzo wasn't like, I don't care what. Like that's so. That's not. That's well, weird. here's the. I mean, here's the thing: is that at, at I mean, his point guard play hasn't been good. Yeah, at fair, all. fair enough. <laughs> and at and at the same time, like you know, you saw him off the ball playing with Cassius Winston. Sure. Like he was, you know, he was a yeah a budding killer. It worked at the end of last year. He was a really good NCAA tournament away from probably declaring. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so mm-hmm. you at least know what he can do when he's just playing off the ball, and all his only assignment is get buckets. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like that's his natural inclination. So God. you know, by him kind of. Being in this point guard, and you better get like thirty-five of them, is what I would say. Yeah, and like I made this point a couple times yesterday on various shows. Um, I'm I'm wondering if you know part of the part of the issue is the fact that when they came into this year, Mm -hmm. and it was, yo, we're going to try to turn Rocket into a point guard. That it wasn't get him by the back of his pants and just throw him in the deep end of the pool and say, all non-conference games, whatever, you're playing 36 minutes at point. And you're all in. Yeah. And we don't care if you turn the ball over 10 times, you are playing point guard, right? You're going to learn this thing so that you are ready for conference play and we're going to deal with it, mm-hmm. right? And instead, Foster Lawyer still playing 15 to 20 minutes a game because yeah. you still want to win – Right, and it's it was never a full commit. It was never all in. You still wanted the best of both worlds. Okay, well, we want Rocket to be the point guard, but right now we need some offensive flow, so we're going to go to Foster Lawyer and get the ball moving a little bit, sure, right? Sure. Or uh, okay, we want Rocket to be the point guard, but right now we want we want to be able to use the Rocket that we saw last year, so we're going to move him off the ball and let him get to do that. Yeah. Well, how is he? How is a guy who's not a natural point guard going to learn how to play point guard right. in that scenario? Right. Um, and that's a hard thing. And it's a hard thing to ask uh, a coaching staff to almost throw their arms up and be like, yeah, we're just going to deal with this. And if we take a loss to Detroit Mercy and a loss to this or a loss to that, then we'll deal with it. Right. You know, I mean, that's just – you can say all these things big picture, but when you get in the moment – They're not doing <laughs> it's that. It's time to win a game. You're going to do what's best for those 40 minutes, yeah, right? right? 
Uh, so I don't know, man. There's there's a lot going on, and the good news for Michigan State at the end of the day is that it's December thirtieth. Yeah, they definitely have a lot of time. And it's just we could be having a completely yeah. different conversation the first week of February. It just and, it, and maybe that happens. It just doesn't seem. It just does not seem like in most years when we see Michigan State go through struggles early, they're like. You, I don't know. You look at the roster and you know that there are guys there that are going to get them out of whatever, you know, whatever's ailing them. Their ailments are never as bad often. Like when Izzo starts making a huge deal about some nitpicky thing in December, it's like, okay, dude, whatever. You have Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman on your team and they're both 32 years old. I think you'll be fine. Right. You know, that, right. that's not, that's not a thing here. So he's mm-hmm. going to have to find somebody here. Some buddies, probably, over the next several weeks, I would imagine. that, And I would think that they're probably just berating that junior class uh, at the moment. Just one of you guys mm-hmm. has got to... But multiple of you guys have got to grow up, like, right now. Yeah. Or this isn't going nowhere. Or, you know, or we're just not going to go anywhere. That's just how it's going to... That's what it looks like on its head. You know, I don't know if it's, if it's different. But, like, normally when we see these things from them, it's... You can be sure that by February, when someone gets fully healthy or whatever, that, oh, oh yeah, okay, they've got, I forgot that they've got this guy here who's just going to make it so. Michigan, other side of things here now. Um, yeah. Haven't lost yet. 7-0, mm-hmm. 2-0 in the league. Got wins over Penn State and Nebraska. I, I don't know if that's exactly, you know, if that's bottom of the league, I suppose, more or less, uh, though it is early. Uh, they're not without their issues as well, uh, but sort of, a better record as it sits right now. What are you? Uh, what's your strike zone on Michigan here? What do you? What do you see from them as uh, the year turns? Yeah, I mean, I want to see them play teams. <laughs> Somebody of right? note. Yeah, right. <laughs> currently on their. Currently, they don't have a top fifty. Right. Ken Palm win, and they're kind of getting by in some of these too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and at the same time, you know, they've had. The, ske- the schedule has afforded them the luxury of being able to figure out how these pieces fit. Mm-hmm. Because coming into this year, right, it was all Franz Wagner, Isaiah Livers, and then how are these pieces going to fit around them between the two transfers and a freshman like Hunter Dickinson? How is how are all the pieces going to fit together? How how's the talent going to uh-huh. actually complement each other? Right. Yeah. Um, and what's happened? What's, it's been a really fascinating thing to watch is that you're seeing a team that has realized in the first month, like, oh, shit, Hunter Dickinson is really like good. a monster. Yeah, right. <laughs> so now we need to learn how to play with a true post center. Mm-hmm. Like it's 1985, <laughs> yeah, right? right. <laughs> Where you're, you know, you're you're looking for your passing lane. You're looking for your, uh, you know, yeah. entry passes and stuff that like we learned like in grade school, right? When you had like oh, yeah. the big fatty kid, you know, get that thing out of like, the block, center, yeah, right. right? Yeah, how to make a bounce pass to the block and stuff like that. Just like, get out of the way. Now, yeah, that was hoops. Yeah. <laughs> you now learn, you now have a team that's been playing. You know, all these guys have just played ball screen offense, and and yeah, it's been what it was. To okay, now your central point is. A center, mm-hmm. a seven footer that you got to feed him because he can score and he can completely take other teams' defenses out of what they want to do and blah 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 blah. So, you know they've had this on the fly kind of reimagination of what they're going to look like, mm-hmm. and that's it's interesting. It's it's been really kind of cool to see a team try to do this. Um, and they're good that, you know, their first three games in the league weren't, you know, Wisconsin and right. uh, Illinois and whatever, right? Right. Um, so they, they've had some time to kind of figure this thing out. And, you know, like that Nebraska game in the first half, they just couldn't hit a shot. Mm-hmm. But they looked good. And in the second half, they looked really good because the shots were going in. Um but I want to see them play some some real teams. But I really like Michigan's offensive versatility. Um, I like the fact that they uh, they're going to be able to play through Dickinson because yeah. he's also a high level passer. And as you're just going to see guys get more comfortable in how this thing looks, you know what I mean. Yeah, that's and that's a good point. When when Livers gets you know Livers having an understanding of how he fits and Franz having an understanding of how he fits, and then little by little, you know. Mike Smith is not going to be Xavier Simpson. Mm-hmm. 
But it doesn't have to be. Um, that Nebraska game, he was good. Mm-hmm. He was really good, and he's had good moments this year of of playing through ball screens, making the right reads, getting the ball where it needs to go, and stuff like that. They've got a good thing going. Like I, I like their pieces. Um, you know, are they a Big Ten championship contender? I, I don't. I don't know about that. But um, but they're. I think they're they're in better position right now than I. I thought they might be um, coming into the year because you know yeah yeah a lot of change yeah, yeah. a lot of change did uh, Dickinson surprise you at all here in this first month with how good he's been I mean I knew people thought he'd be good but yeah I um, mean I I thought he and was I guess going we'll see really right good. we'll see how it holds up once they get into Big Ten play but yeah go ahead he is uh I mean he's dominant right now right and his ability like. I knew how I knew he was going to be really good just based on talking to you know like his high school coach and shit like that. Like, like you can tell when guys are just fluffing dudes, right? And you can tell yeah. when guys are like, no, 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 like forget all the ratings. Like this guy is college ready, right? And uh, like his both body, physically yeah, and right. and skill wise, right? Um, and that's what everyone was saying, and that's what all the reports were coming out of the summer workouts and, um, yeah. To me, though, to actually watch a guy come into the college level and just little things like how comfortable he is just catching, turning, finishing. There's no hesitation in anything that he does. Like he's just super advanced in all of this stuff. Like he never catches in panics. Mm -hmm. He's just comfortable. He's just playing basketball, Mm -hmm. you know, and he just, he knows how good he is and he knows how to use his size. Like that's the other thing is seeing a dude who's just a seven foot big dude. Yeah. Shit house. Right. right. Seven one realizes who realizes that he's a seven foot shit house and that he doesn't need to act like anything else. Yeah. He's freaking Kevin Durant, right? <laughs> like, no, I want to be, of, I want to be playing out of ball screens and shooting threes and all this I shit. Be, Hunter Dickens is like, no, I want to be a three. No, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Hunter Dickens is like, no, I'm a center. Yeah. Right. And, and put three dudes on me to stop me because yeah. I'm going to move you. So like, it's refreshing to see a center be a center anymore. It's mm-hmm. kind of he's such a throwback in that way that uh, uh, it's pretty cool, and I, it's going to be great to watch this guy navigate the Big Ten schedule because he's going to play some some real dudes. You know? Yeah, right. <coughs> Sorry, God bless me. I don't know if we have a drop button there, Mike, but hit it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the like Hunter Dickinson versus Luca Garza. Things right. like that. Hunter Dickinson versus Kofi Coburn. Yeah, yeah, um, some of the big dudes, yeah. That's it's good stuff. Dude, and, but also at the same time, like you're saying, I mean, <coughs> they haven't really tested themselves, well, you know, haven't really been tested, I suppose, by anyone over the top here. I mean, it's Bowling Green, Oakland, Ball State, Central Florida, Toledo, Penn State, Nebraska. That's not exactly a... That's not a wet in your noodle That's there. not exactly... Uh, <laughs> it's kind of one of those, like, what's been happening here for the last... However many months, and well, it's going to pick up here soon. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, how, how do you see them sort of holding up here? And then, what are maybe some of their roadblocks uh, to maybe? Get well, yeah. So it's funny. Uh, um, the upcoming schedule, you know, on paper, you look at Maryland, and Northwestern, Minnesota, and and Penn State, and a while ago, that looked like very much a soft landing to to get into yeah, Big Ten play. Right. Maybe not now. Well, well, Maryland just beat Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, Northwestern is randomly like. A top five team in the country right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. exaggerating. They lost to Iowa last night and things like that. But you know, Northwestern's three and one in the Big Ten, and it's a legit three and one mm-hmm. in the Big Ten. Um, Minnesota obviously just housed uh, Michigan State and is, I think, on a three game winning streak. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Beat. They also beat Iowa. Beat St. Louis, which is a really good team. Um, so Minnesota's. Looking legit, and Penn State already gave Michigan all it could handle, right? So those are the next four games, um, and then it's Wisconsin. So yeah, there's it's a what was an easy stretch is not an easy stretch, and uh, these next two games are interesting in the Dickinson conversation mm-hmm. because Minnesota plays really small, yeah, um, and really kind of stretches you out, and Northwestern kind of can do the same thing a little bit. They can. Uh, give you a look where it's like Pete Nance at the five and they can try to stretch you out and make your five have to guard a guy like Pete Nance off the bounce 
and stepping out to shoot the three. So now we get to see Dickinson in some new spots. Um, right. Having to step out on the perimeter and guard guys um, and mismatches. And how does Michigan handle those things? Do they lean into the Dickinson look, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, say, yeah. all right, we might give up a little bit offensively, but now you got to stop him defensively. Right. Or, you know, is it is a time where we get to see a little bit more of that Brandon Johns look at the five as a small ball five. Um, yeah, like I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I'm really curious to kind of see these upcoming games. I see that um, just a big Big Ten question here for you, and uh, we can talk uh-huh. about we can talk about football another day. I think we're running yeah, that's fine. longer, but uh, I see Indiana, our friends there, uh, the Hoosiers down there at uh, five and four, zero oh and two. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They've got some tough losses, but this what is <laughs> is Indiana always going to be? Disappointing itself. Is Indiana and Michigan football going to run concurrently with each other for the rest of time? Or I don't. I don't know why you're <laughs> opening the door to us getting a bunch of Indiana fans coming after this. Podcast, I mean, I just look but... at this and it's just started. The season's just started. I know that. But like, what is this? Year three or four for uh, Archie Miller at Indiana? Four. These in four. Now, last year they would have made the NCAA tournament. Sure. Right? So they were better. Probably, probably would have been a ten seed, but they were still under five hundred in the Big Ten. What's going on with Indiana, my man? What do you see uh, with the Hoosiers here? Well, the first thing is they they haven't solved the point guard situation since Yogi Ferrell left. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, to me, always been like the main hindrance of this Archie era is that they haven't had a point to be able to hang their hat on. Because um, they've, they've had talent and they've played defense. Um, right now they're ranked 10th in the country in defensive efficiency and... They can stop you, yeah. but it's just a matter of if they can ever make shots. Like between their point guard play and their inability to make threes across the board, um, it's, hard, it's a hard way to win yeah. in college basketball. Not making, not having jump shooting and not having point guard play is going to make it really hard to win in college basketball. Right. Um, and those are two things that they've missed. So right now they've got Trace Jackson Davis, who is a monster. Yeah, like, good player. Absolutely. If he were on a winning team right now, oh yeah, right, he'd be talked about way more than than he is but you know he's like an all-american caliber big without a doubt um the hard thing with indiana is that it has played a pretty brutal schedule yeah it has like if it, play, if it played michigan's schedule probably be undefeated yeah. they'd be seven and oh and it would be people getting riled up about indiana without a doubt right but instead they lost to though they got hammered by a really good texas team they lost at Florida State in overtime when, in a game with some questionable calls. They lost to Northwestern in a game that now doesn't look quite as bad of a loss as it did. And then they lost at Illinois. And really, what's the shame in that? So it's like, well, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to say Indiana is not an NCAA tournament caliber team. I'm not ready to say Indiana isn't capable of being pretty good. But the bigger question while they figure this out is what happens next down the line this is year four of archie yeah right yeah and you just and before you keep going there is no shame in losing to a good illinois team however you are supposed to be the team with the guys that illinois has if you're indiana are you not am i that's, well, that, there you go that's a different no, conversation that is a different yeah, right. that's a different conversation yeah. yes um you know let's see by now i'm curious i mean this is indiana so in, man in like year in year four of Crean, he took him to the Sweet 16. That was the year that they uh, won the Big Ten, wasn't it? That was uh, no, they oh, went the year eleven before, and seven that year. Got it, got it, the yeah. next year was the year the team that went fourteen and four, and that was a final four. That team should have been in the final. I mean, that the, team know, should have been yeah, in the final. That was four. a final yeah, four. Team. That, that, were, that team was probably the best team in the country. They were outstanding. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, and and Crean inherited an absolute. Dumpster disaster of a situ yeah. of a situation, yeah, right? Total disaster. Where basically he got the first two or three years for free. Um, he did. Archie Archie inherited a team that was one year removed yeah. from going fifteen and three in the big Big Ten, Ten title team. Yeah, right? they weren't that bad. The two, no, no, they weren't that bad. Um, so I don't know what kind of leash Archie has because at the same time it's like, you know. You and I, I know this goes back to like the old podcast. Like, yeah, we would always juxtapose Indiana basketball with Michigan football. Yeah, it's the expectation, and part. it's yeah. still the case. Yeah, it's still the case, right? 
I just it's hard to figure out. I suppose the real parallel would be if Indiana hired like Brad Stevens and he somehow yeah, that's what I always tell five year span. That's what I always tell uh, <laughs> Zach Osterman. I'm like, well, if they ever hire Brad Stevens and he goes like 500 in the Big Ten or something like that, then you'll know. <laughs> then you'll know what this has been like. But uh, it's just this, it's just always a fascinating question for me and an interesting one because I know they've recruited well, um, and they have. I mean, they've gotten good players to come through there. I think Archie Miller's still gotten good players to come through. Crean always got. Good players. I think he always recruited well. Did he not? I mean, I'm not making that up. I feel like they I mean, always... I mean, Crean, yeah, Crean got dudes. They always sure. got guys, and it's just this randomly weird... I just can't ever figure it out. I don't know. It's a fascinating deal, but it's it's one where we've seen other teams in the Big Ten, you know, find themselves again, lose themselves again, find mm-hmm. themselves again, and then we look at Indiana, and it's like, well, there they are. Yeah. It's the same as <laughs> it always mm-hmm. feels like it is, and it's... Just fascinating. I don't know. And and at that recruiting thing, like, it's under Archie, they've gotten, you know, they got Romeo, right? They did, yeah. And that was a year that was supposed to be a thing, and it, it didn't happen. Um, and then, you know, I think they've gotten a, they've gotten a bunch of t- like top 100 kind of guys, yeah, but they're not players. getting, it's not a parade of all Americans coming to Bloomington right. by any means. And... You know, that fan base is also looking at Michigan now, mm-hmm. which is just pulling in dudes all over the place, right? And has the top rated recruiting class. And they're looking at Michigan State, mm-hmm. which is bringing in top rated recruiting classes and has some of the best recruits in the country committed. Um, guy like Chris Holtman is recruiting fairly well at Ohio State, right? They, I think they, Matt Painter still just gets the same type of Matt Painter guys at, at Purdue. Um, Maryland can still pull kids and it's like, you know, Indiana has this expectation that it should be like the destination, right? In the Big Ten. Or at least in the state of Indiana. (laughs) That'd be a good start. (laughs) I mean, would it not? Am I making that up? I mean, I'm probably probably lacking nuance in this conversation, but yeah. You? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is like... Do you, let's talk football recruiting, and yeah, I'll figure uh, out some yeah, takes yeah, one day. <laughs> no, but I mean, I think your general point is yeah. is, is accurate. Just an interesting um, deal. It's it's always been mm-hmm. why why isn't this what? Yeah, I mean, it's more competitive now. It to get, be. Yeah, I mean, I get, it's all and it's also you just mentioned other than Michigan, but you're talking about Tom Izzo, who's been in the Big Ten for 107 years, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Painter's been in the Big Ten for 50 years. You know, like you're talking about situations where Indiana's started and stopped and started and stopped, and it's just they're in a league where there hasn't been a lot of that, I guess, although teams have had ebbs and flows. I mean, even Iowa's stuck with, you know, their situation up and down, in and out, you know, all that sort of thing. So maybe there's something to be said about letting a guy ride it out. Maybe that's the the Indiana takeaway. I don't know. I mean, that's – I always – because it's like they're they're going to get right back to this There's, spot if they if they the, struggle. The thing is that the most successful coaches in the country, you can point to their first five years and not see yeah. waves of success. Right. You know, it's really at the end of the day, it's always going to be what that coach's broader vision right. is and what he is translating or what he is communicating to his AD and mm-hmm. the board of whether that's something that they're still willing to buy in on is what it will always boil down to. It really doesn't yeah. matter how much of a fuss you want to make. Uh, it's... Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... What is, what is he... What, what's still feasible in terms of long-term right. goals? And we don't know how this year will go. It's only two games in. So, I mean, they, they could turn it around. I mean, I don't know. It'd be a fascinating year because this is another one. I mean, we went through this with football. The random weird stuff is going to happen. And people are going to overreact. And some stuff is going to be really bad. And people are going to try to say you're overreacting to it. And, you know, it's going to be mm-hmm. one of those weird, like, is this as bad as it looks? Is this as good as it looks? You know, seasons. Because, uh, I mean, that's absolutely how it was with football. We saw teams in, you know, certain weeks. It's like, I think they're really good. And then the next week it'd be like, oh, my God, they're a disaster. Or it'd be flipped. So I'm sort of curious to see how much of that we'll see in basketball, although they play so much that I wonder if some of that will start to level off. Because with football, it was just this parade of, like, what the hell's going to happen here? We had we never had any idea, any week, with so right. many teams. And I do wonder if basketball, just because they play more, will we'll even that out. But I guess we'll have to uh, wait and see. Got anything else here before we want to ride out today and uh, turn the calendar officially from this god-awful uh, year? No. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to... Uh... 
the next couple months of basketball. Um, I hope. I just hope. I it's just hope things go smoothly, man. Well, they're you know, not going to go yeah. smoothly. I can tell you that they <laughs> will go. I think they can. I think they can get through it though. Um, and you know, because football got through it, it didn't go smoothly at all. You could. I mean, we had mm-hmm. several days. During the football season where, I mean, how many times, I mean, you saw all this stuff, the debates about, you know, well, this team says that it can't play because it's threshold, it's not comfortable with its numbers, but this team is comfortable with its numbers. Like, Ohio State showed up to Michigan State that one game with, like, 30 guys out, and we're like, what's the problem? And we're all sitting here like, uh, I don't know, you have 30 guys out, why are you here? But then again, it's like, well, why are you even playing the season to begin with? If you're playing it to be competitive and win a title, then yeah, okay, I get it. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm curious to see how much of that sort of happens in basketball nationally, as we've already seen Duke get off to a terrible start. You're not going to hear Krzyzewski step up to a podium and say, we need to be playing the way that Mm -hmm. you did from Dabo and Saban. However, if they were 8-0, I think you might hear Krzyzewski step up to a microphone and say, we need to be playing. You're not going to hear it from Cal. All you're going to hear from Cal Perry the rest of the year is, I don't really care anyway, and we're young, and it's not my fault, and all this other bullshit from him. So, I don't know. It's going to be. But you're going to hear run. from. I mean, there's you know, still going to be plenty of guys who are like, "Yeah, let's keep this thing right going." You know, go. Let's get Mark Few. Let's put a microphone yeah. in front of Mark Few. Hey, you want to keep this thing? Yeah, oh, obviously, we got to play this year. We'd be derelict in our duty if we didn't yeah. play this I've year. I've got my folks, house you in know? order. Like, it's not my fault. You don't have yours in order. That's absolutely. That's what we saw in football. <laughs> and I, and the biggest voices in football were the ones with their houses in order. Like Saban was mm-hmm. like, "I'm beating everyone by 107 points every week." <laughs> I think everything's going just fine. What about you? And it was like, well, I can't argue with that, you know. Like, and if and if you're not, that speaks to you. Yeah, that's you how know, it went. That. That's how it went. Football, and and in some cases, you know, it was hard to argue with that. So I'm curious uh-huh. to see. I'm curious to see how it goes with basketball because it's been. It was a very weird year in football, but at the same time, it wasn't because it ended the exact same as it always does. The te- the, the five teams with the best talent basically are still standing. You're the four teams really with the best and Notre three the three teams in Notre Dame more or less are still standing. But with hoops, you know, I don't know. It's a it's a different sport. It's a different game. These teams that have loaded up on this talent, 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 forget it. We'll figure it out in March. Mm-hmm. Ah, I don't know if that's gonna work this year. You know what I mean? Like right. I don't think right. I think that's and we've already started to see it. Maybe it'll turn around, but you know that's why I talk. We talk about the top for a team like Michigan State, where it's like they might not have it. They 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 might reach down in that bag, and there might not be anything to pull out in a year like this. Mm-hmm. When frustration is only going to build in a pandemic, it doesn't yeah. release. There's no release. We saw that with right. we saw that with Michigan football. They were not as bad as I mean they were bad, and they have problems. They are not. They are not this like hapless, talentless. All these guys should be in the MAC football team Mm -hmm. what happened Mm -hmm. was is they're bad they figured out they were worse than they thought they were and frustration just built there was nowhere for it to go because you're in this funk and i'm curious to see with hoops although you know there's less bodies less people you know we'll see maybe that helps you can pull together tight you know maybe a little more tight and get through it but uh, it'll be an interesting year for sure i'm excited to watch it my man i don't know we'll see how it goes i think you'll get the tournament in one way or the other i don't know if they'll let everybody in just be like hey uh, you're going to be covering. A, are they going to have these games in all corners of the state of Indiana? Are you going to be covering games in like the Fort Wayne uh, parking, the uh, high school parking lot, or what? Yeah, I think the early, the early rounds will be scattered in all over. You know, Fort Wayne. Might I don't know if they're going. They'll actually use Purdue, use IU. I don't. Yeah. We'll see. Anyway, I, I think that's the plan. I don't know. I haven't talked about. I, I don't, last conversation I had about that was like a month ago, but. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. And then, like, the tournament itself will just be in Indianapolis. And Yep. I do believe we will be there in person. <laughs> For a month. There you I go. think <laughs> I will be. And if I am not, then we'll surely have a Somebody talented group of writers there. Brian will be down there, I'm sure, and Dana and Seth and all the gang. Yep. But I don't know, man. This is going to be <laughs> it's gonna quite be the scene. <laughs> well, we'll be here. So, we'll be here on the other side of it. We will be here. We will be here, and this show will go on, and uh, we've got a lot of good stuff planned for all you yep. fine folks in 2021, and we are looking forward to putting much of this behind us in <laughs> all ways, shapes, and form. Uh, here's to 2021. Nick and I toast all of you yep. out there, and we thank you 
for listening and uh, we wish you and yours all the best and uh, next year as always make sure you're tipping those bartenders and servers the place where I, I was born and raised the place where I